Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, Dad, From My Point of View, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. Jeremiah chapter 35 verse 18 and 19. I'm going to speak to you today from this thought. Dad, from my point of view. And so this is not about, I was told this week that Mother's Day is one of the largest Sundays of any Sunday. And that Father's Day is the lowest attended Sunday service. And they said the reason is because the fathers come on Father's Day and they get beat up. Well, I'm not beating you up today. (laughs) Do that next Father's Day. Uh, Today, I'm going to brag on our dads. And I'm going to give you some good good insight of how important your father is. And so the title of this message is Dad from My Point of View. Jeremiah 35 and 18, Jeremiah said unto the house of the Rechabites, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, because ye have obeyed the commandments of Jonadab, your father, you've obeyed the commandments of your father and kept his precepts and done according unto all that he commanded you. Therefore saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want a man to stand before me forever. Now this is an important scripture. And I want you to know what unfolds in these two verses of scripture. First of all, the Lord placed his blessing upon the Rechabites for three reasons. Number one, they obeyed the commandments of their father. Number two, they kept all of their father's precepts. And finally, they acted upon the teachings and the instructions their father gave them. In the NLT, I love what it says in verse 19 of our text. Therefore, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says. Jonadab, son of Rechab, will always have descendants who serve me. That's powerful. Why will he always have descendants who will serve God? Number one, because they obeyed their father's commandments. Number two, they kept all of their father's precepts. And number three, they acted upon the teaching and the instructions their father gave them. One scripture before you are seated, the New Testament counterpart to Jeremiah 35 is found in Ephesians chapter six, verse number one and two. Children, obey your parents in the Lord For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee 
that you might live long on the earth. And you may be seated. So what we find in Jeremiah 35 and 19 and the sister scripture in the New Testament, Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, is this, that if you obey the commandments of your father, if you keep all of his precepts, notwithstanding if you act upon his teachings and instructions, not only will you be blessed to live long upon the earth, but your descendants will be blessed as well. Jeremiah 35, 19, Recab will always have descendants who serve me. Ephesians 6 and 2, that it may be well with you that you might live long upon the earth. What I want to do today on this Father's Day is go into the scriptures and share with you some stories of some great and powerful men and I want us to look at those men through the eyes of their sons. The first story unfolds for us in Genesis chapter 22. It's the story of Abraham and Isaac. And this is the story from Isaac's viewpoint as he looks at his father Abraham in a very distressing moment of time for their family. The Lord spoke to Abraham in Genesis 22 and two and he said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Now, resting on each father in this house of worship this morning is an incumbent responsibility to make difficult and tough decisions in this thing called life. Perhaps it is a decision that you have made and you're wondering about it. Maybe it's a decision that you are in the process of making. Decisions which a father has to make, they're not always understood by others. But you know as a father, this is the right thing to do. Many times a father has to make that tough decision. Well, on this day for Abraham, I don't know of a tougher decision, an ordinance from God, a command from God, than what Abraham is facing. Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, go to Mount Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering to me. On that fateful day, that ill-fated day, Abraham did not hesitate to make the decision to obey God. Why? Because he was a man of faith and his faith trumped his fears when it came to trusting God for things pertaining to his family. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul penned these words about Abraham and how Abraham responded not only in this circumstance from our text, but other circumstances. When Paul wrote about Abraham in Romans 4 and 20, he said, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So now let's go back to the base of this mountain of sacrifice where Isaac was appointed to die 
And Abraham is trusting the Lord God. And you can see that trust and that faith in the words that unfold in verse number five. Abraham said to his young men, abide here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Now watch faith kick in. The command is go to the mountain, sacrifice your son. And the words coming out of Abraham's mouth flows like this. The lad, Isaac, my son and I, we're gonna go to that mountain and we gotta make some tough decisions. So the first thing we're gonna do when we get to that mountain is we're gonna worship God. And I know that when we put God first and worship God, he'll not withhold any good thing from us. And then Abraham said, we will come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both went up together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, we've got fire, we've got wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both up together. Now, the story of Abraham and Isaac, from Isaac's point of view, goes something like this. I can hear Isaac as this story is unfolding, and now he's going to relate it to others at the end of the story. It goes something like this. Let me tell you about my father. Let me tell you about dad from my point of view. In one of the most difficult times that he ever faced as my father, commanded of God to sacrifice me on an altar, he taught me in those difficult circumstances to have faith in God regardless of the circumstance. I remember when he said, I am the lad, we will go yonder and we will worship and we will come again. You see, my dad taught me that God will provide in the time of need. I remember when he said to me, when I asked the question, we have fire, we have wood, where is the sacrifice? I remember dad saying to me, my son, my son, God, you must have God involved in the tough decisions of life. Hallelujah. Son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So according to the word of God on this Sunday morning, and that's a great story, I love that story. According to the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ will always, always give you exactly what you have need of in the time of need. According to Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Can I tell you, Abraham is noted in Old and New Testaments alike as the father of the faithful. Why do we call him Father Abraham? Why do we call him our faithful father from the Old Testament? 
because he trusted God, he was faithful to God, and he believed that God would bring him through. There's another story. It's a story of Jesse and his youngest son, David. I want to tell this story from David's point of view. He didn't know what's going, what was going on. He's out in the fields taking care of the sheep. He's killing bear. He's killing lions. He's taking care of his father's sheep. He's the youngest of all of the sons of Jesse. He doesn't qualify for the first round when Samuel comes to Jesse's house and says to Jesse, there's a king among your sons. And the story unfolds this way in 1 Samuel 16 and 10. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord hathn't chosen any of these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? And he said, well, there remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him. For we will not send down until he comes hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all a beautiful countenance of a beautiful countenance and godly to goodly to look to. And the Lord said to Samuel, rise, anoint him for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And watch this. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now from David's point of view, he has to look at this whole scenario. And I can hear him say, it was in my father's house where I first felt the anointing of God's spirit resting upon me. I remember as a kid, I had to be eight or nine years old. I walked into my grandfather's living room and he and my father, we had, uh, we had a, a footstool that uh, was at the foot of grandpa's lazy boy chair and dad had pulled another chair over to that footstool and they had their Bibles, I'll never forget it, laying out on that footstool. And I walked by and I, there was a holy hush that came over me. When I looked at grandpa and dad, I knew this was a moment. They're in the word. They're talking about the word of God. And my grandfather made a statement. I've never seen anything so good from the word of God like we just saw. It dawned on me at that moment that the word is important that grandpa and dad had an appreciation for what thus saith the Lord. I felt that anointing. I felt that glory. I felt the power of the word being spoken in my grandfather's living room. David must have felt that same way when he walked in and he was anointed. I can hear David say it was my father who welcomed the prophet Samuel into our home. It was my father who believed in me enough to tell Samuel, well, I do have one that I didn't think was qualified because of his age. He's out taking care of the sheep. He's in the field tending the sheep. And I can hear David say it was my father who summons me to come and witnessed the anointing of God being placed upon my life. 
Can I tell someone today, without the anointing, nothing of eternal value ever happens. Having the anointing isn't just a nice thing to have. David's father taught him that the anointing is absolutely necessary. And on this Sunday morning, I thank God for fathers who walk in the anointing and share that anointing and are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and will bring their sons and their daughters in under the canopy of what God has placed upon their lives. Thank God for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's why we read in Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders. Hallelujah. Mm. It shall come to pass. I like the word shall. It shall come to pass. I want to speak to somebody right now who's heavy laden, someone who's burdened down, someone the devil's lied to, someone whose family is not where you want them to be. I want to speak to a father that might feel as if the decisions he's had to make are too tough and he don't know if he can make them or not. I want to speak to every mother today and every child and every person in this room, hallelujah, that the Lord God understands exactly where you are and it shall come to pass on this Father's Day at New Life Christian Center on June 20th, 2021, it shall come to pass that when his burden, the enemy's burden, the devil's burden, Satan's burden has been taken away from off thy shoulders and his yoke is broke off of thy neck, that the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I want someone to know right now that what God is going to take off of you today, it's not just going to be broken off of you, it's going to be taken off of you and when God takes it off of you he's going to destroy it. There are some things the Holy Ghost wants to destroy in this service today. There's some things you walked in here with you don't have to walk out of here with. There's some feelings and some discouragement and some despondency that you may be dealing with but I'm telling you the anointing on a Father's Day is in this house and your daddy's going to pray over you today and God's going to touch you and the blessing of God is going to bless you today. Hallelujah. And so because of the anointing, those things happened. I have four stories, and this is the third one. The story of Paul and Timothy. Now, I know that you're saying, well, now, Timothy is not Paul's son. You're exactly right. But from Timothy's point of view, he saw the apostle Paul as a father to him in the faith. As a matter of fact, when Paul writes his first letter from the first verse of the first chapter, he makes this declaration. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, I love this. Lord, when I saw this yesterday, I couldn't wait to get to this moment in this service. Under Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, peace from God and our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, this wonderful, anointed, called preacher, young preacher by the name of Timothy, he is now 
being called the son of Paul in the faith. And I can see him saying to Paul and to you and me on this Father's Day, from my point of view, I was blessed with a spiritual mother and a devout grandmother. And we see this in 2 Timothy 1, 5, 6, and 7. Paul said, when I call to remembrance the unframed faith or the genuine faith that's in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, I'm persuaded that it's in you also. Wherefore, I put you, son, in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Timothy, I want you to know something. We have no record. We don't know. There's no, there's no mention of Timothy having a father figure in his life. We know about his grandmother. We know about his mother. But where is his father? We don't know. History doesn't tell us. The word of God doesn't tell us. All we know is he had an incredible grandmother of faith and a mother of faith. And now we see that he doesn't have a father figure. But Paul comes along and sees something in him. I want to speak to you today. There might be someone in this room, a daughter, a son, a grandson, a granddaughter, a niece, a nephew, and you might, you might fall into the category of Timothy. I've got a few spiritual folks around me, but I really don't have that dominant, overshadowing, powerful father figure in my life. Well, I want you to know something, that God saw Timothy in that very circumstance. And God said to Timothy, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you with a mighty man of God who's going to cover you. He's going to call you his own son in the faith. Hallelujah. I'll never forget when my father died. I, I, was, uh, I was challenged by that. Uh, I was 21 years old. I, I, I was lost. I didn't know which way to go, what to do, and, and I went and sat down with my pastor, Paul Jordan, and he said, I want you to go back to Michigan, I want you to get under William R. Starr, and I want you to, to be a part of the United Pentecostal Church. I had no father figure. I wondered where I belonged, never forget this. And Brother Starr and the district invited me to preach at age 22, preach the junior high youth camp. And I'm still a lost soul. It's just been about three months since my father passed away. And now I'm preaching a youth camp. Lost. No covering. Dad's gone. And I'll never forget the introduction on Monday night that changed my life forever even to this day. When William R. Starr, a man that I love dearly, stood in the pulpit and this is what he said. Now, our beloved Gary Keller is coming to preach the word of God. And it staggered me that I was loved, that I had a spiritual father in William R. Starr. Can I tell you that God provided? I don't know what your circumstance is today, but if God can provide for Timothy and put a Paul in his life, and if God can provide for you and me and put someone like William R. Starr in our life, I've got news for you on this Father's Day. Maybe you have never had a father figure. 
but our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and thine is the power and the glory forever. My Father which art in heaven, can I preach to somebody? You may not have an earthly father that is on this earth today. They may be gone, but God will be your father. Father today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. He accepted him. He was not his biological father, but he far exceeded that because he was Timothy's spiritual father. And I can hear Timothy say, he accepted me. He believed in me. He trusted in me. He wrote two epistles that are in the New Testament and wrote them to me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a word. I believe God's given someone a word here this morning. Not only was Timothy accepted in the kingdom of God, but on this Sunday morning, you can be accepted in the kingdom of God. Listen to Ephesians chapter one on this Father's Day, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us. Who is he? Blessed be God and our Father, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. According as he hath chosen us, we're accepted, chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Why did he choose us? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption, hallelujah, the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You may not be accepted at work. You may not be accepted at school. You may not be accepted in this world, but you made your way to the house of God and you are accepted by New Life Christian Center. Our heavenly father believes in you and he has accepted you. In whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sin according to his riches. Now go with me to Romans chapter eight. Adopted, taken in. I had a great mother, Eunice, and, and a, a great mother, grandmother, Lois, and mother Eunice. I had great, great mothers, but didn't have a father. But God made sure I was accepted. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led, by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. No. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby everyone in this room can cry, Abba, Father. He's our Father. My final story for you from the Bible is the story of Jacob. And let's jump over a generation Let's talk about the story of Jacob and not his son Joseph, but his son's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim.
This is a story from Manasseh and Ephraim's point of view about their grandfather. We see that Manasseh and Ephraim grew up in Egypt. They didn't know their grandfather until he finally came with the other brethren because of the famine and made their way down to Egypt. And now they are half-breeds. Their mother is an Egyptian. Their father is an Israelite. And now do I really belong? And so here comes this grandfather. You know, my, my dad is the vice president of Egypt. My father's the second in command in all the land of Egypt. And here comes this old man riding on a camel, raggedy old clothes on, with some guys that my dad said are my uncles, and because of a famine, they show up. And Joseph said to his dad, I want you to bless them. I want them to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and you, dad. I want them to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so now we find that there's no one better qualified to bless these grandsons than Jacob himself. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, it says, by faith, Jacob, when he was now dying, blessed Ephraim and Manasseh, both the sons of Joseph, and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. Now, I'm telling you right now, something supernatural happened that day. That day was a day that those boys saw that there's something in that old grandpa of mine that I've never felt in all the land of Egypt. Because when he put his hand on me, he was dying. He had no strength. He was leaning on his staff. But when he put his hand on my forehead, I started worshiping God with him. And now I know there's no other God in all of the earth, but in Israel, that's the God of my fathers. That's the God that I want. I want somebody to know that today in this house, there's a God that has placed this church in your life. And this church is here for a reason. And that reason is to introduce you to one that will put his anointing on you, his provision on you, his blessing on you, his power on you, and he'll make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now here's how I want to end this message today. We all know about Abraham, help me, Isaac and Jacob. Say it with me. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But now because the grandfather has blessed his grandsons. And now, because our grandfather showed them how to worship, we can say with confidence on this Sunday morning, on Father's Day, that it's Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Manasseh and Ephraim will always, according to our text, have someone standing before the throne of God if we obey his word and follow his precepts and do what he's asked us to do. 
Hallelujah. So on this Father's Day, the message is clear. Let's hear it again, Isaac. Isaac, tell us a little bit about this. Musicians come. And I can hear my Isaac say, my father taught me to walk by faith. My father taught me that God will always provide in the time of need. David, talk to us. And I can hear David say, my father made a way for the anointing of God to flow into my life. Talk to me, Timothy. Well, my, my spiritual father is the one I'll have to talk about. My spiritual father, Paul, the apostle, became just that, a father figure that I desperately needed. Manasseh and Ephraim, tell us about your grandfather from your point of view. And they will start by saying, let us tell you about dad, Joseph, first from our point of view. Dad is the one who brought the spiritual giant in our family to half-breeds that really didn't belong, but dad brought us together. Can I tell you, this church will be a father unto you and bring you, no matter what your circumstances are, will bring you through the ministry of reconciliation to our heavenly father. And his name is Jesus Christ. And so from our text, we find that God said to the Rechabites that if you will obey your father and if you'll keep his precepts and if you'll act upon his teaching, I will bless you. I will bless you according to the NLT, Jeremiah 35, 19, therefore, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies and the God of Israel says. Jonadab, the son of Rechab, will always have descendants who serve me. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Manasseh, Ephraim, in this room, I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to people's hearts. You can make a difference. You can be the one that makes a difference in the next generation. Fasting, praying, seeking God, touching God on their behalf. And so as we all stand, I want our fathers to come first. And dad, when you come up here, you will find a victory towel. It simply says NLCC Father's Day. Fathers, would you come forward? And after you take one of these towels, I want you just to step back. I want you to step back and stay in the altar area. Go right ahead, take one. Hallelujah. And I want you to be blessed today. This is a victory towel. And I'll explain this in just a moment. Hallelujah. Brother Dave Fest, we're praying for you. You just recently lost your father.
But I promise you, God will place somebody, he already has, in your life, and you'll be blessed. He's got you. I prayed for you this morning when we texted one another. God's got you. Hallelujah. And so, on behalf of all of you, from left to right, front to back, who are not in this altar yet, if you will allow me to speak to these men, they have a victory towel in their hand. I want to speak on the behalf of your family, each one of you, every father here today, I want to speak on behalf of your family. And this is what I feel your family would have me tell you. Dad, thank you for teaching me to walk by faith. Thank you for teaching me that God will always provide in the time of need. Dad, thank you for always making a way for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to flow in my life. Dad, thank you for being the spiritual father figure in my life. You've made the difference. And Dad, thank you for making sure that the blessings of our family, from Grandpa to you to me, will flow upon my life forever. I know that he, I know he messed up. I know he messed up. I really hate to bring his laundry out on Father's Day. I don't really like to talk about people and things they're going through. But this guy, this guy was nuts. Okay, you know him. I'm gonna reveal who he is. He's in here today. He's in your Bible. He's called the prodigal. Took everything his father had, spent it on riotous living. When it was all gone and all done and he's now feeding the swine, he had a moment of sanity when the Bible says he came to himself and he said, the servants at dad's house had bread enough to spare. Maybe dad will let me come back. Just maybe he will let me be a servant. Little did he know that his father already had a ring, a robe, a calf, and a kiss waiting on him. And when he turned down the long dusty trail to the house, his father saw him afar off coming and said, kill the fatted calf, bring the ring and the robe. And he ran, hugged his son and kissed him. He said, you will not be a servant because from a father's heart, doesn't matter how far you've gone and how far away from God you are, your daddy's still praying for you, believing in you, trusting God for you. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.